Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you as always for tuning in and listening to my podcast. It's great to have you as listeners. As you know, I sponsor my own show and that's sarahjnaylor.com if you want to go and have a look over at me. Um, I'm a coach, author, speaker and obviously podcast host as well as a businesswoman, got other interests as well as. I like to get straight on to the show so I'm going to hand over now to the lovely Louise to introduce herself to you. Hi Sarah and first of all thank you ever so much for inviting me onto your show and I'm a personal development coach so I support those single career-minded people get that life-work balance so not so much sorting out their career I'm making sure that everything else in their life is going as smoothly as they want it to be they are living life more fully on their terms and overcoming anything that might stop them in the way. Because in addition to, the, to being a personal development coach, I am a inspirational speaker. So I talk about mental health, the impact that it had on my career and my relationships and how it took breast cancer to help me live life more fully and be happier within myself. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. And yeah, it's interesting because we, we, we kind of come from the same page on many things in terms of how we like to work with our clients in terms of helping people live that sort of a life that's more fulfilling. And But your journey, well, I say our journeys are very different, but even though there's some sort of overlap because we've, you know, obviously I've got my recruitment business and you've got HR and recruitment in your background. <laughs> so we're very similar people. I think we've almost dressed the same colour today as well. Yeah. I would be really great if you would share with the listeners your sort of kind of route to doing what you're doing now. Absolutely. So I had a 20 plus year career in HR in a variety of different industries. So I was very, very lucky. I didn't just stick to one industry. I was in in multiple industries, which was great because obviously I learned a lot of different things. However, obviously HR was my main bit and I enjoyed the recruitment side, L&D side of things. But in some roles, it was very much about employee relations. So that was quite hard going, you know, getting up, dealing with disciplinaries, grievances, poor performance, ill health, those kind of things day in, day out does kind of take its its toll because it's quite a negative thing to be working on. But you're doing the nice things such as the recruitment. And then that's quite challenging as well because sometimes you're looking for candidates in a very small pond or I would say puddle whereas other times you're, in a, you're searching for candidates in a big lake and therefore you've got multiple candidates and you're having to disappoint somebody so and of course managers want them yesterday and managers kind of do things and they come to you so yeah so sometimes it was quite stressful I experienced burnout kind of feeling that sometimes never good enough but these were messages I was also saying in my personal life as well growing up always seemed to have been nitpicked and picked up on things that I did you know that kind of went into adulthood and early career and it's one of those things and I always quite often say when you hear something often enough and it doesn't need to come from the one person it could come from multiple people but when you hear things about yourself often enough well then it must be true and so you try something else and then you get other come back from other people and so for many years I didn't quite really know who Louise McMillan was you know I, I wore the HR hat I wore the daughter hat I wore the sister hat I wore the friend hat I wore my girl guiding hat because I was heavily involved in the girl guides just see what I mean so it was kind of well who who am I and I felt like I was always these different people and that kind of took its toll and I always used to think that I wasn't clever enough or funny enough or interesting enough so within my work I was always waiting for somebody to pick me up to say I'm faking it 
even though I was professionally qualified, I was just kind of thinking, well, I must that must have been a fluke and someone's going to pick me up. But then in my personal life, the impact of that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't glamorous enough, wasn't funny enough, wasn't interesting enough. And it all just used to take its toll on relationships, on friendships, so much so that I would spiral in and out of depression, forever developing myself. But the whole cycle just used to keep coming around. The anxiety was heightened and I wasn't looking after myself. The comfort eating, the overworking, the inner chatter, you know, listening to that more. Because actually, yes, that's what you thought. It's just my voice, that's my head. But actually, understand it's the negative inner chatter. But yeah, uh, many, many times having really bad deep depression and questioning why I was here. What was my purpose? Which is hardly surprising when you, you know, when you, when you've got all of that going on, when you've got that imposter syndrome impacting on your life. And it's, as you say, it's coming at you from all angles and you, you have that voice voice in your head that's well you've heard it from you've heard it externally it's been learned behavior you've heard it heard it heard it all the time sort of like kind of growing up and I mean I liken it to when I was with my ex-husband I mean I couldn't do right for doing wrong and you know it's narcissistic behavior and he was why are you bending down like that why have you used so many pots in the kitchen why why do you have to cook why do you have to use a recipe book to cook why are you doing this why are you doing that why do you look at the mail why do you absolutely just constant criticism and you get to the point where you then sort of I would never classify myself as a victim and I don't think you are either because you're a survivor you fight it but it doesn't stop that internal chatter questioning well maybe I mean if somebody's telling me this maybe they're right even though instinctively and gut and you know with my very centre of my being I don't believe it but then I've got to question it because it's being questioned and as you say it then sort of it goes into that sort of cycle doesn't it for for me, it took six years post-divorce to sort of undo that. And that was with the help of a second relationship, which was equally as challenging, but in different ways. I've learnt the lesson now. I've got somebody that's really nice. <laughs> really lovely. There's hope. <laughs> yeah, well, I was sick. I, well, I was married for 20 years. And then I had my four, my 20s in my 40s. And had a couple of relationships before I met somebody that we were living together uh, for five and a half years. But he was jealous all the time. And, you know, it was really strange because it, I'd never been able to talk to, in my first relationship, I couldn't talk to a man, you know, and equally so in this relationship, you know, everything was questioned. Whereas now, today, you know, having been single for five years before I met Gareth, I just thought, do you know what? I, I need to live my life for me. I can't, I can't be in another negative relationship and you have to be you you have to embrace all that you are which is what obviously where you, you've got to as well I mean it's but it's horrible that people can do that and so I think if anybody's listening right now you know if people are around you being negative separate yourself from them or don't respond don't take but m- most importantly <laughs> I know it can be family members and everybody but navigate your way around and into relationships and with around people that are positive that want what's best for you that's what all I would say absolutely and but also think about what your behavior and attitude is like towards somebody because we always have those people that we find sometimes just push our buttons and it's understanding about actually how can we still be nice and be kind to somebody we don't need to be nasty or anything we might not like them or they're not our kind of people but it costs nothing to be polite, to be courteous, to be pleasant and friendly. You know, it's, I know it's sometimes people say, I can't be like that all the time. But actually, we, we need to be like that all the time because it's, it's we don't ever know what's going on in somebody else's world. And while we might be having an odd bad day, that could be a bit of a clincher for somebody else where you made their day even worse or make whatever moment it is even worse. I know for me, sometimes I have to postpone a get together with somebody because I'm not in the right frame of mind and it might not be that 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 person but I just know for my own 
preservation that perhaps I just need that time out. Time for me just to get whatever it is that's, that's got my heckles at the moment just to go through it because I don't want to have that thing whereby I may start chatting about it or, or whatever. Yeah, what you're saying is you're recognising your behaviour and so therefore you're... And then that's the only thing that we have control of is our behaviour and how we respond. And actually, if you, if you know that you are in a sort of a cycle of being triggered by stuff, it's best to avoid the situation where you're going to get triggered. But the other thing is I like to say is that it's always about, if you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say it. <laughs> you know, it's it's like that sort of the whole adage, you know, it's when people criticise. I was having a conversation, we were out running with my partner and he'd had a particularly bad day at work yesterday and there's a couple of people that he works with, one of them in particular. You know, he's not a nice person, he's toxic and he does his best to trigger Gareth and it's just like, just walk away. Go hang up, which he had to do yesterday. He said, I'm going because, you know, it's it's horrible. Anyway, we, we, we've got ourselves down a little bit of rabbit hole here <laughs> because I wanted to really talk about what happened to you because obviously, as we said, that you had all this going on and this chatter. So how did you... So, make that transition what happened you know because you had all that going on as you were growing up and you've had it at work because you weren't believing in yourself and always looking for that criticism where's that middle bit then before you got to where you are now hooray hurrah (laughs) surprisingly um it was breast cancer i was diagnosed with breast cancer it saved me (laughs) in a bizarre kind of way because i realized Firstly and foremostly that I wanted to live, whereas six months beforehand I was questioning why I was even here. The second piece was that not only did I have cancer and I had it, it was quite aggressive, so I had to have chemo as well as having radiotherapy. But just after my um, first chemotherapy, I went down with appendicitis, which was kind of a little bit ignored because obviously nobody close to me had had chemo before so was it the side effects and so I carried on for another just over a week then ended up having major emergency surgery because it was all in an abscess so I was really poorly you know intensive care 48 hours in hospital had an infection but what I noticed afterwards that that, um was that I was actually on a contract and we decided jointly myself and the organization decided to end the contract because I didn't know when I would be back losing I wasn't going to be driving for quite a long while with a you know, because I had a a major operation and with this infection. And so I took some time out, I took a career break. And during that time and go through cancer, what I realised was some of the nitpicking, the derogatory remarks, the little comments, snide comments people made, kind of stopped. There was like a real revelation that it just wasn't happening. I know I wasn't in the workplace for that to happen, but even amongst you know, friends, family, acquaintances that you have, little comments that would have been made weren't happening and it was that kind of thing of so if you feel that I am too poorly to make these comments then I'm never well enough for you to make the comments and more importantly I don't have to listen to them and I don't have to accept them a few chunk of my life as an adult I have felt the most freest the most grounded the most in tuned with who I am and that's not changing me that was just allowing me to be me and little things I did of not wearing a wig not wearing a scarf on my head going completely and utterly bold and although I had a few comments of I think you ought to wear your wig because the children are staring it's well that's well the children will stare whatever I look like you know if I had pink hair they'd stare and it was context of being at a hospital the children always stare when somebody's at a hospital. But it was that thing of, I can, I'm can i not hurting anybody by being me. That's the thing, was the big thing. I'm not hurting anyone by being me, so therefore I'm going to continue to be that. And it was the biggest revelation ever. And then when I went back into the workplace, I could feel the, the tension 
rising the, the stress and I had this morning where I saw this quote that I have in, in my office and I happened to come in it was used for do my hair at the, at the time it was a multifunctional room at the time for it, it just came my office and that particular morning this 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 quote was really huge as I came in I really sort of saw it which said if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got and that was it I thought I need to change what it is I do and it was that whole revelation of I've lost years of my life by not believing in myself I'm never gonna get those years back but I can make them the, and there are things I will never happen but I can make my future years even better and that's what I'm excited to go down the route that I've gone down but I mean like you said though that is it's just so freeing and liberating when you actually own yourself and you accept yourself and that's something you know I'm passionate about encouraging within people is just you know it's accepting every sort of wrinkle kinkle whatever it is you know just who you are just you used a phrase I am not hurting anybody and that is the that's so important I mean it's about being yourself it's embracing the essence oh I'm going all tingly embracing the essence of who you are as long as it doesn't overtly and deliberately impact anybody else to you know, to make them feel bad, to make you feel better. Because that's not what it's about. It's about being you. Because we are all different. We're all unique human beings. If we were all pumped out and plopped out like a Barbie doll, your body's just a, a vehicle, in my opinion, for your spirit to have a human experience. You know, it's just something that you, could, you navigate around in. And it's the journey that we have along the way and the choices that we make that, like you said, you know, you've now chosen to be you and not accept negative comments. And, you know, you're recognising your behaviour that you can... You can change and you don't need to be triggered by people. So when you feel like that, you can move away. And I actually do think, you know, and I want to do more about sort of looking at the moon and moonology and stuff because the, the energy and the alignment, you know, and atmospheric pressure also really impacts because I know, I mean, right now as we're recording this, it's a beautiful bright blue sky. I've been out for a run. I feel energised and it's great. Whereas a, a dark day with a heavier cloud cover has me feeling a bit like that. <laughs> But it's working with what we've got and it's going with that flow. And we, we are one all part of nature. So actually, I think as we're recording this, we're obviously in the UK. But when we work with the seasons and we in the winter, you probably spend more time at home in the dark evenings. Just on a jigsaw. Hurrah, I've done a jigsaw for the first time in many years. And, you know, but in the summer, you might be wanting to be out until 10, 1030 at night. You know, it's 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 rolling with and going with the flow rather than pushing against it. And it's it's that you've done, tuned into your body because the breast cancer was obviously, I must say obviously, that's that's the wrong phrase for me to say, but for, for me it's obvious, but it's not for everybody else. <laughs> but it's a manifestation of all the stuff that you had going on that then culminates in, in, in an ailment because our body gives us signs and symbols and ailments and things like that to tell you that something's out of alignment, which then you need to adjust, which is what you've done. Hooray! <laughs> but you'd previously studied and done coaching, hadn't you? I knew literally roughly about 10 years ago that I wanted to sort of not step away per se from HR, but I wanted to find something a little bit more positive. And I did enjoy the whole thing about supporting and developing and all the feedback I ever used to get was I was a good listener, I was very supportive, I'd follow up and, and encourage. And so I looked into doing coaching and I did. I started my coaching diploma and, and, and I qualified in end of 2015 to be a, a, a coach. I did my training through the coaching academy um, and became a personal development coach totally enjoyed it but that belief that I would be able to get out there and reach people overshadowed because obviously I was still within that HR world still kind of question I think that 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 narrative that inner narrative is hard to shut it off so even though I was kind of going down uh, a new route I mentally hadn't 
hadn't moved on, if that makes sense. Yeah, but then when you when that all happened, though, when you had the breast cancer, and then you sort of decided making that decision to step away. I mean, that's empowering in itself, isn't it? Making that decision because I mean, I I always reference the fact that I've been in recruitment for thirty five years, and all the things I've done, I seem to be layering them up rather than stepping away from anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> yeah, but you 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 did walk away from it, didn't you? So I I have done. I've done obviously little snippets but what I did is I suppose with the sense of your sensible head on you know being on your own you just can't go from one to the other you know is you have commitments to pay so it is that been that general thing of pulling those things away gently to do that part-time while you build up uh, your business and and get out there so people know you're there to to help them and support them so um yeah it's it's been a you know a bite-sized chunk to to move away yeah it's still been quite interesting it still led me to meet some great people doing doing both actually so you know there's still an, an alignment there and it's just all about I just look at it as networking on a different scale yes absolutely yeah I mean that's that's the beauty isn't it though of when you when you have got your own businesses and you are self-employed you can navigate your own journey choose yeah and that I mean I've been self-employed now since 2009 starting recruitment <laughs> set up my qualified as a coach in 2012 and then set up my recruitment business in 2014 because of the the empowerment that actually studying and qualifying as a coach gives you I mean it's the the tools and techniques and the what you learn and the journey it takes you on I mean it's, it's just like it's it's brilliant and recruitment keeps hanging on to me going don't leave me don't leave me stay with me and I integrate what I do in recruitment so coaching into recruitment and recruitment into coaching because I can wear those different hats which is which is great when you're working with clients absolutely and, and that's why I specialized in recruitment because uh, you know I made that decision 10 years ago the two avoid the ER side I knew the employer relations side was the bit that really impacted on me and I knew how much I enjoyed the L&D and the and the talent and the recruitment side and that's why the route I went down because I used to find it rewarding you know I always find recruitment rewarding you know there are people that don't like it it's monotonous but I actually think if you do recruitment properly it is rewarding because even if someone doesn't get the job the feedback the support that you can still give them and the encouragement is still powerful when they come back to you, I don't know, even six months later to say, oh, I've got this fantastic job and they've, you've helped them in some way. Cause, and I think that's what it is. It's all rewarding. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you should say that and reference that because having been in it since 1987 and I've never been a bums on seats recruiter for anybody that's listening you know recruitment has been tarnished over the years with people in the industry just pushing people into jobs to get money and I've never worked never 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 worked on that basis at all because I've always been aware of that role I'm playing in somebody's life that it's you know you've got to take care you've got to be mindful I mean I think you know mindfulness has been a term that's been banded about over the last two or three years but three or four years maybe a bit longer but I you know I've been mindful for like decades you know just being very very aware of you know the part that I play in somebody's life and you know and providing that level of support but that's what the beauty of coaching is of course as well because you are then you're working on a one-to-one basis and that's what's so magical isn't it when you start to work with people directly because on a on a on a recruitment basis you're just there's a snapshot of time and you're doing your job for on behalf of an organization rather than being paid by the person but when you're paid by the person the paying client you can work really deeply with somebody and help them navigate that journey like you said help them align with who they're meant to be their talents their passions the purpose the potential career life and because once you're all in alignment you live a happier healthier life as a result yeah absolutely i, I totally get that and also it's that thing about them you're listening to them they, they finally feel that they're being heard without judgment 
they feel like they have a confident, you know, that's not a bias or anything in their corner so they can list you could be listened and supported and, in, and encouraged with everything else you've just said you know what i mean it's in, in addition to that but that's that's the power though isn't it of coaching i mean and that's we had a discussion a week or so back before we we booked the podcast and we had this discussion about coaching and without wishing to be overly heading down the, the negative dismissive route unfortunately there are a lot of coaches in inverted commas out there that uh, like to go around telling people what to do and that's not what coaching is about so if you're ever engaged with somebody who says well you need to go and do this that and the other that is not a coach as Louise has just been talking about it's about holding that space for someone to be able to explore all eventualities and and having that sort of non-judgmental supportive environment to think it through to verbalize our role as a coach is to to ask the right questions really beautiful open questions usually starting with who how what where which where and the, the rugby post questions think about a rugby post being the h which is which is the how and then all the little little bottoms on there which is who <laughs> what where when etc and which yeah um so just nice open questions and, and removing the why yes oh absolutely now that's an interesting one sticks why is deemed very confrontational and it can it, it's to be used sparingly because actually if i said to you why louise did you do that you go oh you go into the defensive straight away whereas sometimes you perhaps need to trigger somebody with a why but it's actually more important to open have nice open questions that people feel safe to explore and I don't know about you but when you have a client for the first time there's usually a box of tissues that gets uh, (laughs) attacked as people have that freedom to be heard yeah absolutely and I always say that you know you know bring some tissues because you you are going to be opening up and I'm not asking you to all I do is ask a question but then it's because then you start being free that you feel it's a safe place to start chatting and talking and stuff it's It does get, um, it can get emotional, so yeah. It's to allow that energy to flow throughout your body, to actually be able to let it go, because it's when you sort of hold that stuff in, when you suppress it, a bit like we were talking about sort of narcissistic behaviour and things like that, and you hold it in and you don't let it out and it manifests in sort of different problems and issues etc and so on and so forth but when you hold anything in if you're not exploring you're not letting it out or if you open it and you know people are going oh what do you want to do that for or you want to do this or you want to because family and friends with the best will in the world they think they'll know better what's better for you than you do but you do know what's right for you if you are allowed that opportunity or you give yourself permission to have that opportunity to explore it and there's no better place to do that than with the with a coach that's right for you not somebody that's going to tell you what to do so there we go sorry we've we've gone in <laughs> <laughs> We've had a good old uh, chat about all sorts of everything there, Louise. <laughs> but uh, so now you combine the coaching and you still do a little bit of HR, don't you, as well? A little bit, uh, yeah. More on the recruitment side because uh, Mr Mortgage wants to be paid or Miss Mortgage wants to be paid. Not, not gender it, but yeah, <laughs> the mortgage, basically the mortgage needs to be paid. So, yes. Um, and when you're on your own, you just need that, you know, you need to have extra, make sure you've got income coming in. Exactly. Exactly. It's always, uh, yes, a roof over a head rather than the tent in the garden is always a, <laughs> it's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, especially this time of year. <laughs> Yes, it's been very, very cold. A bit warmer today, but uh, but exactly. But you also deliver talks because obviously, with all the obviously what you went through, you talk, you deliver talks as well. Which is why you're obviously on here with me, which is rather marvellous. Yes, yes. So now I I do talk to um, going to businesses, groups. My whole ethos around that is about getting mental health out in the open. It's just so important that we talk about we talk about it. 
and, and understand what that could look like because again it's different for everybody so you know I just share my story and to, to hope that it will help someone and the amount of times I'm doing a talk if I'm in person I stay at the end which I always like to do is stay a little bit longer because whilst you might open up and ask for questions there is always one or two people if not more that don't want to ask a question in front of other people so I always agree that I will stay on afterwards and quite often you get those people come to you and say oh I resonated with that and will ask a question or more often will share because they just feel they can get it off their chest because they go oh you'll listen to me and you know that's what they they do so it's it's rewarding because you feel like you're helping more people you know and if someone can just come out and say yeah I get that that resonated with me you've really given me some things that I could try doing because I say you know I, I give them some tips and tools that I use to help myself and it is the things of this is what I've found works for me um, but there are other tools and tips out there um, but if they say look I'm going to try all that and then sometimes they get in touch with you again I've had that once or twice then then brilliant so yeah so it's and I also share my cancer journey as well because of the way that my cancer was found, how that was quite pivotal in the way that it, it helped change my mindset about myself. So it kind of is twofold, really, because I'm talking about cancer at the same time and a lot of people find that helpful as well, just to hear someone else talk about their cancer journey. Yeah, it's sharing, isn't it? Because people don't want to feel alone and it's, it depends on who you've got in your life that you can talk to. But actually, you know, I've had feedback on the you know a podcast that that people have listened to and that's why I do it you know because it helps people who might not have heard the story or not or feel that they're alone or that it, it makes them feel that they there is hope and there are opportunities which there are there always is it's 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 always down to mindset and how how you shift things and opening up and talking but yeah I mean what you talked about some tools and tips there though Louise what what tips have you got any sort of top tips that you'd like to share with people yeah, so one um, for me is always being out in nature, having that time, being in that green space. Um, I really am a, I love squirrels. We might mention that beforehand, I can't remember. So I'm always counting the squirrels when I'm in the park. So very much about being out. <laughs> I will let you know if I see one. I usually, I, they're usually leaping around my garden. <laughs> they're so animated, aren't they? They're like, <laughs> apparently one was trying to chew the, uh, the the nut feeder the other day to try and get into it. So if, if it turns up, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> It's surprising how many people send that to me now. And actually, how many people out there do like squirrels, which is quite funny. Another thing I always say is that sometimes you you just know in yourself that you're not feeling great, not feeling 100%. One of the tips I always share is about having time out. And I use my kitchen timer. I put my mobile phone away. And it's setting that time. It might be for 40 minutes, might be an hour. During that time, I may make myself cry. I may cover sleep on the settee. I may just lie there. I may do some colouring in, may do some, you know, just getting a piece of pen and paper and just doodling. I may put something on the TV. I may read a book. But it's that thing of I'm going to take that time out from whatever I'm doing. And then the first few ones are the most important ones. Making yourself cry, having a sleep, you know, just taking, being mindful of not doing anything. But when that alarm has gone off, that's it. I've got to move on. So if I'm thinking about something, if I'm agitated about something, I need to cry to let it out. Uh, I need to doodle because it will help me go like this. But once that alarm has gone off, that's it. I've got to switch the position I'm in. So I'm going to put the radio on and I'm going to dance around the house and sing. I might jump in the car. I might go and drive out into the countryside and scream or put some music on and, you know, get my heart rate working into a different place. And then my other third tip is really about managing my phone and my intake. 
so I have an alarm so it goes off at night at nine o'clock the only people that will I will hear a text message from is immediate family whatsapp is silenced text messaging is silenced so I choose when I look at my phone to see if there's something coming in if it's urgent then I'm always saying to people you have to phone and if it's a friend and they're going through something then I'll say look for a particular time I'll put you in my favorite so if you need to call me after nine o'clock I will hear it that's it and it's just managing my intake of not just my phone but sometimes what I listen to what I watch on TV the type of podcasts I listen to and how I spend my time with activities so I'm very mindful that I'm not one for being a big drinker I don't mind going to the pub but I rather drive and it's you know but if I've got friends going oh we're going to go around pub to pub and have a good big night out I'm going great enjoy yourself I'm not into that anymore I did that in my 20s and my 30s it doesn't nourish me I'm not going to enjoy myself I know I'll enjoy the cup of people but that's not an activity I want to I want to enjoy same as I know I could say to a group of friends come on let's go and walk up I don't know Crook's Peak that's close to me or up Snowdon and people will go no I won't want to do that it's the same as doing other things so exactly they're, they're just such a great selection of tips thank you so much for sharing them because and I, you know I sort of wholeheartedly agree with so many of those I love getting out I mean last night um, to recording this podcast Gareth and I went out on a trail run and it's just great it was just going to it was the sun was still going starting to go down and we've got a head torch on because we were going to be running through a wood and going down through oh my god we run down the muddiest field I could hardly lift my feet they were so covered in mud they were just like oh my god but it was just great it was so lovely to be out and then I was out running again this morning just doing a tarmac slapping exercise around the village so two different runs but just being out in nature and and I just embrace it and love it and it's just so good for the soul and and like you said that taking time out and I've I have to admit that I've got a little bit out of the habit of sort of going right no I am going to meditate in the morning and do some journaling because that's really good as well as but I then get I have this brain that goes right I'm just going to go into just check and suddenly it's <laughs> oh my gosh here we go again but it is isn't it I mean it, ma- managing what comes in I mean I have my phone on and I always used to switch it off at night but my my father wasn't uh, hasn't been well and he's, he's fallen a couple of times and my mum's called me and on one occasion I'd had my phone because I switched it off at night so it's now as you've got your settings so that it's available within a certain time so I leave it on but nobody else nothing will come through unless it's you know just like I think four people that are on there which is which is fine but the rest of it I'm not that organized I think I've got about because of my recruitment business I've got probably got about 5,000 contacts in my phone but I'm very very grateful that my phone number which I have now had for probably about 24 years has never been abused <laughs> it's just it thankfully you know I've always had the same number it's good it's it's fine but it is it's being mindful isn't it and it's if things don't work or things like you're saying it's 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 recognizing that time going right now I'm going to go and have that heart that that 40 minutes out and now I'm going to break stakes that's what we talk about in coaching is, is changing that state and raising your energy levels about that the music which is very shamanic and sort of shaking it out of your body and getting out and doing things differently if something's not working like you've said with the with the post in your uh, in your office mm. yes if you keep doing the same thing you'll keep getting the same results if you want to get the same results that's fine so how do people get in touch with you Louise Where, how is it best for them to to find you you can find me on um, my Google my website which which is my business name is my, my, my personal name, so louisemacmillan.co.uk. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm not so much on Facebook, although I do have an account on there. As I own it, I'm not a lover of Facebook, so therefore 
I don't actively be on there as much as other ones. So yeah, LinkedIn is primarily and obviously the website. And we also need to say that Macmillan is M small C, capital M and only one L. So it's M small C, M-I-L-I-N, as in Milan. So it's actually, you're actually Macmillan. Macmillan. I always say, if you think of the football team, AC Milan, just change the A to an M and that's how you spell my surname. Now that's a clever one. Back of the net. I'm seeing my dad was used to be a football referee. It was quite funny, actually, when I told him about it. Oh, brilliant, (laughs) brilliant, brilliant. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Oh, well, thank you again so much, Louise. And thank you all for listening as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever you do on your platform. And this has been me, Sarah J Naylor. And you can find me at sarahjnaylor.com and on all your normal social media platforms. Until next time, thank you so much for, uh, yeah, tuning in and thank you again Louise for sharing so much valuable insight um, hopefully it will resonate with in fact I'm sure it will resonate with many of my uh, many of my listeners till next time thanks a lot and goodbye thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J Naylor if you took value from the content please follow the show on your podcast app and to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset visit sarahjnaylor.com that's sarahjnaylor.com